Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Zachary. Please be joined by former Raider great Stanford Rep. And from the Believe in Saints podcast, it's our special guest, Terrence Topper. Gents, how are we doing this evening? How you doing? Oh, man. Uh, this is a treat. Uh, like I said, man, me and T. Cobb, we go way back. College, way pro, back. all of that. So, uh, man, this is definitely a treat, man. How many definitely. times did you guys think you faced each other, college and pro? College once. Yeah. I, I know that. Yeah. I remember distinctly. Uh, and then because T. Cobb was with the Chiefs. So yeah. I'm with the Raiders. So several times. Let, let's just say several. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Who got yeah. the better end? Of it? Who got the better end? Terrence, you must have got the better end because Stan's like, that's all I want to say. <laughs> you know, hey, well, listen, listen, I they beat remember. Yeah, like they beat us several times. So I used to have to go at it with him, D Bo. Uh, mm-hmm. at one point yeah. in time it was Sammy Parker early yes. on, Dexter McCluster. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. let me see. Uh yeah. Steve, Steve Breston. So, mm-hmm, like Brett. I said, I was having to go at it with them, whether it was one player or the other, one quarter or the other, in the slot, outside, X X or Z, or the S, or something like that. So, yeah, man, it was plenty of times. And then I remember one time the Chiefs blanked us. So, you know, like. <laughs> just once, Stan? Just yeah. once? I think it was only once the Chiefs blanked us. But I do remember 2011, we were at home. Chiefs, I think, beat us 28-0, I think. I think I could be wrong, um, but I know that they I, I think we got blanked. I'm not sure what the score was, but I'm pretty sure we got blanked. And Man. yeah, that was one embarrassing game. It was week seven, week eight, something like that. Something in that area. Okay. Dan, how many times did you play uh, in New Orleans? I know once for sure that I can recall. Twice. It was the first time. I remember it was Tom Cable's first game, right? In 2008. Yes. What was 2008. Two thousand eight, and then when I was with the Chiefs, two thousand and twelve, week three, we that won that count, game. Stan, Stan. No, 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 that's, we ain't counting that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to count. What? Look, we on the same hey, team. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> DA, DA. Let me tell you something. That counting in my. Mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we. I think we were down ten, maybe to start the fourth, something like that. And you know, people don't really come back from the Saints. Come back from being down in the Superdome against the Saints, led by Drew Brees. And Sean Payton. So uh, that was that was a real good win for us. So yeah, I remember that game vividly. Terrence, how would you describe the atmosphere at a typical Saints home game? Uh, chaotic. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, it's it's a real home field advantage. Uh, they do a great job getting behind the team. And but you know they don't even treat the players like uh, like we're players. We're treated like family down there. That's why the atmosphere is different. Like you're treated like family, and and. It's more of a college atmosphere once you're in the dome. But, man, they have a good time. Uh, they know how to party. They know how to uh, cook. And they know <laughs> how to enjoy football, man. So that, that, is, that is New Orleans for you. What's the craziest thing you ever saw in the stands during your time there? Anything you can recall? You know what? It's not anything crazy. But okay. what I seen was when it was our first game back from the hurricane, post-Katrina. Okay. And – and just seeing grown men boohoo crying after that game and during the game, once we actually won that game, because it meant so much to them. It, meant, it was more than just a football game. 
a lot of those people had family members that that died in the Superdome uh, post Katrina. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a it was a real good homecoming feel. But just to see everybody, I'm talking about grown men, women, kids, everybody was just boohoo crying after that Atlanta Falcons game. All right. Well, before we move on, let's get the promo in here and then we can get back to football. And hey, basketball is back, the NBA and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You can always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Yes, golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEED to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Sam, who's a couple of your favorite NBA players this year? Oh, wow. Uh, let me see here. Kawhi Leonard, number one. Uh, he's always been one of my favorite players ever okay. since he, he was with the Spurs, and he left us for uh, the pretty blonde in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, uh, let me see here. Who's another one? I would probably have to go with Chris Paul. He's always been one of my favorites. Okay. Everybody's always fond of LeBron, so, you know, add him in there. Um, and then I would probably say, oh, man, Slim Reaper, Kevin Durant. That's a bad Nets team, though, man. That's a bad, yeah. bad situation. It, it is, Oof. man. So, yeah, I'd probably say I'd probably say those four. Like I said, I love NBA. I love watching this, so I love a lot of players. Uh, but if you're just asking, like my favorite, definitely Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, definitely uh, one of my all-time favorites. Um, and then Kawhi Leonard, I think uh, he's one of the best two-way players in the game. He's, he just freaking stays healthy. Oh, agree, agree, agree. Terrence and Stan knows I'm a huge Warriors fan, born and raised in the Bay Area, so I'm old enough to remember when they beat the uh, Washington Bullets in the 1975 NBA Finals, so mm -hmm. obviously I'm a huge Warrior fan. Terrence, I know you and I were talking before we started the podcast, you're kind of like Stan, you're more of a fan of uh, players. Who do you enjoy watching? Uh, you know what? I'm a Westbrook fan, and I look, I understand where, he, where he's at yeah. right now, but that's Me my too. guy. I'm rolling Me too. with him. I'm Me too. With him. Uh, Me too. So Westbrook and Luka, Luka Doncic. Those are my two favorites. Yeah. You can't beat yeah. them, man. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, is like, I love Westbrook too. Now, the thing is, is that what's so crazy, and I think that as football players, me and uh, T Cop can understand this. Like, you can be a fan of somebody, but not get so caught up in your fandom to still be able to recognize their deficiencies or, right. you know, where they're, where they're short. And like, we all know Westbrook shooting is not his strength. We right. all know that. But Literally. like the tenacity Clearly. that he plays with, and see, I love athletic point guards, mm -hmm. John Wall, sure. uh, Kyrie Irving, yep. uh, freaking Damian Lillard, uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, like guy, uh, De'Aaron Fox up there uh, with the Kings, like mm -hmm. guys who can get up and down that court, and I mean with a quickness, I'm always gonna be a fan of that. But yeah, so like no, Russell Westbrook definitely one of my favorites all time. Also, uh, the triple the triple double king, but you know, the, it's so funny that, you know, Terrence saying that, and I don't want to, like, cut you off or nothing, but, like, it's, right. it's interesting how we can understand, hey, I'm a fan of his. Now, also, no, mm -hmm. it's hard to win a title if he's your lead dog. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, really right. hard to, it's really hard to have a great team if he's anything better than your number three score because mm -hmm. he's a ball stopper. He's a little bit of a ball hog, and his deficiencies will sometimes hold the team back. 
but you can't deny the tenacity that he brings to the table. No, it's even hard for them to even yeah. win a game right now, let alone yeah. a championship. That is one True. That is one very bad basketball team right now. So, all right, gents, let's move on. Let's talk some football now. We'll get to a few Raider notes real quick here. On Tuesday, the Raiders traded defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins to the Dallas Cowboys for a sixth-round pick. The Raiders also sent the Cowboys a seventh-round pick as well. Stan, you had to know something was up when Hankins was a healthy scratch against the Chiefs and last week just had a couple tackles against the Texans. and. Devontae mm-hmm. Adams missed his second straight practice because of illness. We're taping this on Thursday evening. Hopefully no voodoo going on here in uh, New Orleans with, with Dante sticking little pins in him so he doesn't play on Sunday. But, Stan, uh, I want to begin with Josh Jacobs. He became the first Raiders, first Raiders running back in their 62-year history to rush for over 100 yards and a touchdown three straight games. He's the first Raider running back to rush for over 100 yards in three straight games since Napoleon Kaufman in 1997. It's 25 years. He's rushed for 441 yards last three games. He's balling like we've never seen him, Stan. What has been this key to this three-game stretch for not only him, but this Raiders offense? Oh, wow. I think probably just uh, tired of being embarrassed for the offense as far as, you know, the first several games of the season. Uh, Games where they would either lose or blow a lead and then lose like they did against the Cardinals or the Chiefs. And I think for Josh Jacobs, and then T-Cop probably can go ahead and attest to this as well, like, you know, whenever you get demoted or whenever you get disrespected by your team or whenever you just get flat out slapped in the face, which in the way of not picking up his fifth year option like they did uh, for uh, Jonathan Abrams or Cleveland Farrell, whenever you have stuff like that happen, it lights a fire up under you. And Josh Jacobs is what he's in his fourth year in the NFL. So he can't be any older than what, 27, 26. if that. Probably. So, yeah, so he still is relatively young, even for a running back. You know, they say after 30, that's when, you know, you just fall right off the cliff. Um, So Josh Jacobs still has some tread left on the tires. There's no doubt about that. And right now he's trying to show everybody that just because the Raiders didn't pick up my, you know, uh, my that weak ass fifth year option. That doesn't mean that I can't play anymore. And I think he's doing a great job of acquitting himself from what all the naysayers were saying. We know he's going to get paid in the offseason, but who's going to pay him? Because obviously it's a trend around the NFL. You don't give running backs a second contract, right? Yeah, I I don't think that you're going to see another team step up and really, really pay him because I think that if it's a team that obviously drafts a player, they have a certain affinity to that guy. You know, he's kind of like, well, he's kind of like the firstborn or he's, you know, one of their very own, so to speak. But whenever you go to another team, because he plays running back, I think any other team is going to be hesitant to really, really spend um, a, a, a large exorbitant salary on him because he's going to be more of a stepchild. Now, if we're talking about a defensive end, receiver, a corner, quarterback, whatever, oh, they'll break the bank. But for that running back position, that's almost kind of like the kiss of death. So as far as him being paid handsomely, I can only see the Raiders doing that because they would have the best level of affinity towards him, the best level of feeling like he's one of their own. But this new regime, they ain't got nothing to do with uh, Josh Jacobs. They didn't draft him. right? So that's why I think the Raiders Mm -hmm. are probably still the best bet to spend the most money on him. But unless Josh Jacobs winds up having a Pro Bowl season, which he's on the way to right now, if he finishes having a Pro Bowl season, then I think you have a chance that the Raiders will consider bringing him back. But anything short of that, I would look for Josh Jacobs to be in a different uniform next season. Well, you definitely know he's going to be the workhorse again on Sunday. Terrence, I was looking at the numbers from that Saints defense. I mean, Dennis Allen, former Raiders coach, is supposed to be a defensive guru, but the uh, 
They're 31st in points allowed are the Saints, almost 30 points a game. How would you assess this side of the ball through the first seven games for New Orleans? Uh, very inconsistent. Very inconsistent. They're, they get out physical uh, up front. They're, they're doing a little bit better job of that now, later, the last couple of games. But they've been getting out physical. Uh, also, the, on the back end, we're, we're injured, but we also giving up way too many explosion plays. We talked about it earlier. Uh, we don't tackle well in the back end. You know, and we're not playing as physical. So that right there alone, not playing physical, we're beat up, and we don't tackle well, and we've given up a ton of explosion plays. Those those keys alone are are disaster waiting to happen. So I don't I don't think they're performing as well as they should be, even though we have a great roster. We were talking about it earlier. We got a great roster with some good players, but we're not a good team right now. Who does that defense remind you of, Stan? <laughs> hey man, you hit it right on the head. And that's where I think that, um, you know, for this game, it's really, to, in my opinion, I think it's going to come down to come down to big plays. I think it's going to come down to simply taking care of the ball because both defenses have that Achilles heel. And I think that uh, when you look at how now Andy Dalton is the starter, even with, an, with a healthy Jameis Winston uh, who will be on the sidelines, and Derek Carr, who we also know is prone to get interception happy or just simply hold on to the ball too long. That's why this game right here, it's going to be pivotal because both teams are trying to get back into that playoff race. So uh, both teams are fighting for, both teams are hungry for, both teams are starving in dire need of a dub this weekend. I think right now it's going to be who gives up the least amount of big plays. That's why I think it's going to be the game. Okay, this is a question for both of you, and Stan, you can go first. How much is it, though, on on the players, and how much is it on the defensive coordinators putting in these schemes Why these defenses are both struggling? Man, you know, it was when I started coaching high school ball. That's when I started realizing exactly how much it is on a coach because I think that as a coach, obviously, you got to be able to call the right plays, the you know, the right defensive sets, things like that, but – you also got to know your personnel and you have to be able to understand what your personnel is and you have to still be able to be effective with your personnel. And if you don't, or if you can't, why the hell are you my defense coordinator? So I think that uh, you got to be able to take the personnel that you have. And if you're a cover two guy, but you got a lot of man coverage type of corners, you need to run man coverage. You don't need to be sitting back there and cover two with guys that can play all that man and vice versa. If you know that you like to run a lot of man, but you got more cover two guys or more zone guys, you got to go ahead and devise a scheme that's conducive so they'll be put in position to be successful. You can't be hard-headed. You can't be rigid where you want to fit the square peg into the round-shaped hole. You can't do that because I think whenever you're stubborn like that, all you're going to do is just continue to lose games. You're going to continue to not play well, and then your players are just going to go ahead and tap out on it. And I think that once you lose the locker room as an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, or a head coach, well, then that, that, that's the kiss of death then. Terrence, what about the Saints? You know, I think the blame is 50-50. Uh, like Rout just said, you know, the job of a head coach or a coordinator or coaches, period, is to put your players in the best position possible to succeed. So that part goes on the coordinators, the coaches. But when it comes down to actually making the plays, if you are in position to make the play, that's on the player. Yeah. You know, the coach can't the coach can't coach you to give effort. The coach can't teach you how to make tackles. We're professionals. You've been tackling all your life. You know, of course, you can do fundamental things and those 
fundamentals is, is the key to success. Don't get me wrong. But the coach has to put the players in position. But when the players have the opportunity to make the play, they have to make the play. So I split it. It's 50-50. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball now. And Saints coach Dennis Allen said Andy Dalton, Stan, as you mentioned earlier, he's going to remain the starting quarterback this week, even though Jameis Winston is back healthy. Allen called it an offensive decision based on how the team has moved the ball. Said he's going to stay with that as long as the offense continues to perform. So, Terrence, I got to ask you your thoughts on Andy remaining the starter over Jameis. I think Jameis is still injured. Um, from my understanding, uh, through the grapevine, he's still injured. He's not fully recovered. Mm -hmm. But I do see why they're saying that, you know, Andy Dalton is moving the ball better. I do see that. But for me, if I'm if I'm paying Winston and Winston is my guy and he's healthy. And Andy Dalton just come off of a game of throwing three picks, two pick sixes. <laughs> this is when you put him in, and you had a long week because they played on Thursday. Yeah. So you had a you had a long week. So for me, I'm putting Winston in. I'm gonna play Winston, but I do understand how the offense is moving a little bit better. But at the end of the day, if he's turning the ball over, you're gonna lose in him anyway. You're gonna yeah. lose regardless. You know, he threw three picks last week, one in the end zone, and two for two pick sixes. Stan, who would you rather mm. face? Dalton or Winston? You talking about as a uh, as a fan or as a player? No, 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 no. You're playing for the Raiders. Would you rather? Oh, see if I'm playing for the Raiders, absolutely. I would much rather. I would much rather go against Jameis Winston because I know he's going to put the ball in one of our hands. I remember what was a couple of years ago, 2019. He was what uh, one Your of the first guys picks, ever right? with 30, 30 for 30. I think he threw 30 touchdowns, <laughs> uh, 30 interceptions, something like that. That's unbelievable. So you know, Andy Dalton. Obviously, Andy Dalton had some great years in Cincinnati, him and A.J. Green under Marvin Lewis. Uh, but Andy Dalton is not somebody who's universally known as simply giving the ball to the defense in high clips. Jameis Winston is known for that. He was doing that even his days back at Florida State. So I would rather play against Jameis Winston because I know he's going to make some great plays, obviously throwing his receivers because he's a gunslinger. He takes chances. He believes in his arm, but he's also going to throw something to me or just anybody else in the secondary. So as far as like that goes, I would, I would choose Jameis over, uh, over Andy dog. All right, Stan, finish this sentence for me. The Raiders will win Sunday. If what happens? Oh, the Raiders will win Sunday. If they do not give up big plays in the secondary, give me an over under on how many they need to keep it under to be successful. Oh, uh, you got Andy Dalton who's going to be starting. Uh, you got some injuries that uh that that have uh, plagued them a little bit. And you still got Dennis Alvin Allen. De yeah, Dennis Allen, defensive-minded head coach. You saying the over/under? I would go with. I would go with the over/under being forty-two and a half. You mean total points? Oh yeah, yeah. That's no, no, no. I meant how many big plays do they need to limit the same oh. offense to be? Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, come on, uh, Stan. I know what's how late. many stay big plays. Me. Stay with me. <laughs> how many big plays? I would say they need to definitely keep it under. And maybe I'm being too overzealous when I say this. I think they need to keep it under four. I think you need to keep it under four big plays. And when I count a big play, I'm talking about 20 yards plus. Okay, that's what I count mm -hmm. as a big play. It needs to be under four for them to be able to win the game. And I'm talking about in the back end. I'm assuming that they're able to go ahead and stop the run enough to where we're not seeing the running back running for 20 damn yards or more. So in the back end, you definitely have to go ahead and keep that to four or under.
they got to play better than they did against the Texans because they made Davis Mills look like the old Houston Oilers yes. run and shoot with Warren Moon back there. I'm like, who are these guys? Yes. I mean, there's five yard separation by Philip Dorsett. I'm like, what is going on? You know, exactly. so we'll see. Terrence, uh, finish this sentence for me. The Saints will win on Sunday if what happens for New Orleans. It look, it sounds crazy, but the same exact thing Route just said. Our secondary can't give up a lot of explosion plays. If we can, if we can forget explosion plays, if we can just tackle once they catch mm-hmm. the ball, we're fine. Because a lot of the explosion plays aren't coming from some of them are, but some of them are just catching runs, screen plays, and they're out. You know, so if we can just tackle well in the secondary, and like you said, don't give up the explosion plays. I think the Saints got a great chance to win this game. All right, let me ask you both of this and whoever could take it first. Now, obviously, the Saints are in a little bit better situation because the AFC South is not a very good division so far this season. Uh, Whichever team loses this game on Sunday, will they become sellers at the trade deadline, which is Tuesday? Oh, man. Uh, Mm. Cop, you want that (laughs) or me? (laughs) I I don't think we trade anybody. Okay. If we lose, if we lose, I don't think we trade anybody. And the reason why is because we're still in the hunt to win the division. Our division is so bad. It's different from the AFC West. It's different. Like you got the Chiefs sitting at the top, you know, mm-hmm. but here, I mean, you got the Bucks sitting at the top, but the Bucks are struggling. Yep. Everybody, everybody in our division have a losing record, you know, so. You know, the division is wide open. We just got to play better. Like I say, the roster is good. It's a great roster. We got to get healthy. Like I said, we got two re- our two leading receivers, our two main receivers uh, on paper are healthy or not healthy or injured. We got our secondary that's beat up. They're injured. You know, so we just got to get healthy. I think if we get we got our, our starting quarterback is injured. You know, so if we can get healthy, I think we'll be okay. But also we got to take care of the little things like we talked about earlier. Uh, not turning the ball over, penalties, uh, tackling better, not giving up explosion plays, because it don't matter what your roster looks like. If you're doing all those things, you're playing bad football. Stan, what do you think the Raiders will do? Oh, if the Raiders lose this game, I'm not sure that they would go to being sellers either, just because right now, currently in the AFC, in the AFC standings, the AFC, not just the AFC West or anything like that, but the AFC Right now, you got the seventh seed is the Los Angeles Chargers, and they're four and three. And the Raiders are right behind them in the AFC West at, at two and five right now. I'm sorry, two and two four and right four, now. Stan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Two and four. Hey, I, 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 my, my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> at, at two and four right now, the Broncos are beneath everybody. So we're only two games back from the Chargers. And we all know the Chargers, obviously, they got a lot of talent. JC Jackson is now out for the season. Yes. So the so the Los Angeles Chargers still have some vulnerability as we've seen from them in years past. Obviously, Justin Jer- Justin Herbert, a top quarterback, but we can see that he still has his growing pains because he's young in this NFL. So I would go and I would venture to say the Raiders still have Max Crosby, one of the league leaders in sacks. You still have Derek Carr. You got uh you got Devonte Adams, one of the league leaders in receiving yards and touchdowns. So I just can't see. Them walking up to Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. I can't see them walking up to Chandler Jones saying, hey, guys, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, pretty much just kind of, you know, tank for the rest of the season. I just can't see them walking up to those veteran players and saying that with a straight face and expecting them 
to then still go out there and play hard on Sundays just because when you look right now where the Raiders are at, yeah, they stink. They've 2 and 4 They've blown two games against the Chiefs and the Cardinals. But when you really look at things, they're still within striking distance, especially for having 11 more games still on the on the schedule. I agree. A lot of parity, not only in the AFC, but in the entire NFL this year. I think nine wins is going to get you in uh, yeah. in both the AFC and NFC this year. I, I really do. All right, gents, let's play the over-under game. I'm going to give you a number. You tell me over or under. Obviously, we're going to start with the Raiders and Stan. Uh, I'm going to go over under Derek Carr, 250 passing yards. The average is just over that, 253 so far this season. You're going over under. Oh, you know, I really think that uh, I really think he's going to need to have a big game. I think he's going to need to. I think he's going to have to be able to make some plays, take some chances against Roby and uh, Lattimore and the rest of the guys back there in that secondary. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the over. Terrence? Shoot. I mean, route should be right because at the end of the day, <laughs> he's definitely trying to get some backups. But uh, I'm going I'm going under. Okay. Well, the way you've been describing under. that secondary, I'm going to go over for Derek uh, definitely on that. So, all right, let's go to the other side now. Andy Dalton, he's averaging 240 passing yards in his start. So, uh, Terrence? 250, the over-under for Andy. I'm going under. I'm going, And the reason why I'm going under is because I feel like we're going to try to establish the run game. Uh, we're still going to throw it, uh, but I think we're going to have a lot of different wrinkles in there uh, when it comes to even Taysom Hill getting more snaps at a quarterback position. So I just feel like it's, we're going to try to establish the run game, and also I think we're going to sprinkle Taysom Hill in. So I think it's going to – and plus we don't have two of our main receivers – with Landry, uh, Landry is out as well. So I'm going to say under. Stan? Yeah, I would go with uh, under as well, given uh, the injuries to the receiver core, uh, given how they're going to have certain guys out. I think that they're going to go ahead and probably try to really, you know, give a nice dose of the trick plays, of the gadget plays with the Taysom Hill and try to go ahead and maybe lean on the defense, hope that Derek Carr is not able to put up some big numbers or should I say some prolific numbers. So, yeah, I would go ahead and go with the under. All right, I think I'm going to go with the under as well. All right, Josh Jacobs, I uh, mentioned the numbers that he's putting up earlier. Stan, let's go 105 yards over under. You know, man, like... Obviously, Josh Jacobs has been on a tear lately. There's no doubt about that. And as much as I want to see him continue this, it's like, how long, like, like how long can he continue this streak? Marcus you know? Allen did 11 it, games in a row over 100. Yes. I know it was 1985, different era. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I know that's, it's much different. And that's, and that's Marcus freaking Allen. Yeah. Know. You know, Marcus, Marcus <laughs> Allen was Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. So that's where it's just like sooner or later, Josh Jacobs is going to have a pedestrian game where he only has 90 yards rushing. Notice I say in quotation marks, pedestrian. And that's why I just, there's a part of me that just feels like, okay, this balloon is going to come down sooner or later. And that's why I would go with the under. Not because I, I don't think highly of Josh Jacobs, but just that those streaks don't happen for lengthy periods of time unless like you have a stud offensive line you got a stud running back you got a coach that's going to make sure that he stays true and committed to the run game and we all know josh uh josh mcdaniels would prefer to fling the ball around the field so that's why to me i feel like this sooner or later josh jacobs is going to have a pedestrian game 
And that's why we go with the uh, I go with the under. All right, I'm going to go with the over. I think he's going to continue this streak. I think he's the key to their offense. He's setting up the play action pass for uh, Derek Carr, and their offense is really humming along right now. Terrence Alva Camara, 75 rushing yards. Uh, that's the over under. He averaging 70 on the season. What are you giving him? Over, definitely over. He's getting over 75 yards rushing. Like I said, they're going to try to establish the run game. They got to get him going. You know, he haven't even scored a touchdown this year. You know, so getting him going is going to be vital for this team to, to make it because we can't expect Andy Dalton to drop back 40 times and just throwing it the entire time. That's not success for the, for the Saints. We got to get some guys that can run the ball, and I think Kamara, and when you add Taysom Hill in it, I think those guys took the load. I don't think I don't know about Ingram. Ingram's not playing as well. Uh, I think he's going to get some touches, but I think Kamara's going to get the majority of them. All right, let's move on. Finally, prediction time. Stan, I'm going to start with you. Oh, man. You know, down in the Big Easy, uh, I would say, I would say Las Vegas Raiders, 23. New Orleans Saints, 17. Wow, you're going low scoring. Terrence? Man, look, this is crazy. I said this earlier on my podcast. I'm going Raiders, 24. Saints, 21. I think <laughs> I think the Raiders come in and they steal one from New Orleans. I think they steal it. Wow, you guys are both going low. I'm looking at these two defenses and these two offenses. I think the Raiders win a shootout. I think something 37-34. Uh, 34-31, something along those lines. I think it's a very high-scoring game. As we've talked about, these defenses are giving up a lot of big plays, so I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. And I do think the Raiders are going to be victorious by a field goal. So, all right, I'm going to the game Sunday. I'm in New Orleans. Terrence, when you played here, give me your three favorite restaurants when you were here. Okay, so you got, if you like uh, oysters, you ever had oysters? Oh, yeah. Oysters? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go to go to. Go to Drago's. Oh, I've heard that already. Okay. Yes. Yes. Go to Drago's. Amazing. The owner is amazing. The food is amazing. Go to Drago's. Um, if you like burgers. Yep. It's a burger spot called uh, Portocol. Okay. Portocol mm. is, is another good spot to go to. Uh, where else did we used to go? Where else did I go when I was in? I can't think of another one. That's all right. Those but are those two. two those okay. My, yeah, those are my main ones. All right. Those, yeah. That sounds good. I really appreciate that. I'll definitely going to hit up Drago's. I've heard that already several times, and I've been here less than five hours. So, hey, Terrence, thanks so much for joining Stan and I. We had a great time having you on, and we really enjoyed it. My man, T-Cop, yes, man. Appreciate having you on, wow. man. Good it's to see you, man. You, man. Oh, yes, sir, man. You, <laughs> oh, man, good to see you, man. You look great, dude. <laughs> you look great, man. Hey, listen, I, I know, I know. like I said, we all – after we get done playing, some of us get up there in age, you know, some of us kind of let ourselves go. But, man, that's one thing that I really, really, well, for one, I try to do myself. But I can just mm -hmm. tell with you, yeah, you made sure to go ahead and still keep yourself up because, man, some of these guys. For real. For real. I appreciate it, man. But, fellas, it's late here for us, like, what, yeah. 11 o'clock, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm about to go to bed. All right. All good, man. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. From my partner, Stanford Rapp, our special guest, Terrence Copper. I'm Dennis Sackerman. Thanks so much for listening. May all your punts find the coffin corner. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.